Hello there. I'm John Rhys Davis with Lamplighter Theatre. Join me, won't you? Oh, and be prepared for an unexpected journey. One you are about to experience. Once upon a time, there lived a man who hated Christmas. And that man was me. I know what you're thinking. How could anyone hate Christmas? My name is Robert Theodore Redfern. And perhaps you are going through a difficult time this Christmas season. Or possibly you know someone who is. Either way, as you're about to discover, this story is much more than just my own. And it all started the week before Christmas. How quiet the house seems now. Nonsense. We're here. Do you miss her terribly? I don't have time to miss her, child. I have arrangements to make. Finding you a tutor for one. Taking the necessary steps to get a house cleaner. Oh. Here, take my handkerchief. Dry your eyes. I'm sorry. All right. All right now, you have had your cry for the day. Run along now and finish up your schoolwork like a good girl. Yes, father. At once. As Marjorie walked off, Robert Redfern was left to face his thoughts. Consumed with a deep sense of loss he dared not show his child, he turned a bitter fist toward God. So this is your Christmas gift to me, Lord? I prayed for you to heal her. I begged you. Instead, you took her. My one comfort in life. Well, I hope you're listening now, because this is the last time you'll ever hear from me. And so Robert Redfern threw himself into his work, never once considering the little heart that beat so close to his own. As time passed, his daughter fell in love with a poor tutor, a marriage her father strongly forbade. He has no position, no money. He is unable to give you the life that money can buy. There is more to life than money, Father. He offers me the love I never knew. What do you know of love? Listen to me, Marjorie. If you marry this man, you are... no longer welcome in this home. 
is what you wish. He who loves me most shall have me. <laughs> Weeks have now turned into months, and months into years. Five years have passed, and we find ourselves whisked away to a much happier place. The sun is just now shining a splendid glow of crimson before peeking inside the joyous home of Thomas and Rebecca Redfern. The Redfern children are heartily singing Christmas carols as the boys bundle up to go outside. The girls bustle about in the kitchen, preparing a delicious feast for the table. And inside the living room, right there by the fireplace, Tom and Rebecca Redfern share a moment and a secret. Seven here, a penny here. Oh, here's one more. Wonderful. Well, Rebecca, it's been a tug to make ends meet since I brought you all to England, but we've done so. Just enough. Just enough. I, I wish oh, I could just... Thomas, we are grateful, yes? Yes, of course. Oh, the time. I must go and collect the presents. Oh, Thomas, there are little ears everywhere. <laughs> there are spies in our midst. <laughs> the shortest and most clever of spies. Understood. Thomas, uh, about your brother. I'm very concerned. There's not much more we can do at this point, my dear. He has made it very clear that he doesn't want any more invitations. I know, but I still wish we had done something. Oh, there will be time enough for something when he wants it. And now, I have to collect the G-I-F-T-S. Here's your scarf. Oh, don't forget to pick up Jack at the train station. Yes, dear. Goodbye. Be safe. Goodbye. Mama, Mama. Where did Papa go? He's gone off on an adventure. An adventure? To bring Jack home for Christmas. Yay! And he may just bring back a tickle bug. A tickle bug? Aha. Oh, Mama, that tickle. Stop. Tell a pretty story, Mama, please. All right, my little one. Cuddle up close. Mm. Ah, let's see. Where were we yesterday? Jesus was born. Oh, yes. Well... After Jesus was born, wise men from the East set off on an adventure. Like Papa? Well, in a way like Papa. Except these men were guided by a star for their adventure. A star? When Jesus was born, a bright and beautiful star rose into the sky. And when the wise men saw it, they packed special gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And off they went, journeying far away to find Jesus and lay before him their precious gifts. I love that story. Oh, oh, Toddle, what am I thinking of? Father and Jack will be back before we know it. It's high time the house was lit up and the table set. Daisy, how are things coming along? Mama, I could use your help with the pies. I'm on my way. Why? Look at the window. I look so pretty tonight. Oh, look! It's the big bright star! Hmm. I wonder if I can find him. But what would I bring? 
All I have is my little Lammy. My brother makes fun of Lammy because she's got one ear missing. But she's beautiful to me. So that's what I'm going to do. Please, Lord, let the pretty star take me safe to Jesus. I want to give him the best Christmas present ever. The little girl shivered as she stood alone under the great dark sky above her. But her simple faith triumphed, and she followed the wondrous star into the night. Your financial gifts empower us to spread God's redemptive hope throughout the world. Come visit us at lamplighter.net. Lamplighter Theatre. You girls are doing wonderfully. This is going to be a delicious meal. Mama, look what I made. Now, oh, Polly, that's a lovely pudding. On your nose. I wonder how it got there. <laughs> um, I wanted to make very sure. It was ex... ex- Exquisite? Yes, that. <laughs> Daisy, are the boys making themselves useful? Yes, by staying out of the kitchen. <laughs> They're out back, collecting wood for the fire. Here, come smell the fresh coffee. Mm. <sighs> Mama, what makes Daisy look so much prettier when Jack comes home for his holiday? Holly! Daisy always looks just what she is, a sweet Daisy. <laughs> Who makes sweet apple pie. So, can I have just one small, not noticeable at all bite, my dearest and most loving sister? Aw, no, my beautiful and most enterprising sister. <laughs> we'll be eating soon enough. Why don't you come help me set the table? I will be glad to, your royal highness. <sighs> now, girls. Mama, will Uncle Robert be joining us this year? I, I don't think so, dear. Why not? We're home. Jack, Jack, welcome back. Well, hello, Miss Polly. Mrs. Redfern. Daisy. Jack. Was it very hard, Jack? Uh, hard? Being away for so long and only making 30 shillings a week? <gasps> Polly, <laughs> that's no way to talk to your elders. Oh, I don't mind, Mrs. Redfern. And just to let you know, Miss Polly, although my work is difficult, all I had to do was think of being with Daisy, and the hours <laughs> flew by. Ew. Just you wait, little sister. Toddle, your father and Jack are here. Oh, where is she? Toddle? Oh, the sausages. Sausages? Uh, yes, I could use your help to get them on the table. All right, all right. I'll get the boys. William, Tim, supper time. Thomas! What's wrong? I've looked everywhere for Toddle, but she's nowhere to be found. While the Redfern home faced an inward storm, a different scene was playing out many miles away in that great, dreary, and most marvellous of all cities, Old London. Within the heart of the city sat a frigid, stone-faced mansion, and within its walls sat a frigid, stone-faced man. A bit of news for you. I resent that. 
I'm sorry, sir. I resent how you mistreat me, James. Sir? You failed to draw the curtains properly this morning. There's a distinct draft blowing on the nape of my neck just now. My crumpets are stale. And my tea has grown lukewarm. How long have you been with me, James? Twenty-five years, four months, three days, Well, seven... this is your last day. Meaning, sir? Meaning you're fired. Sir, it is a great honor to be fired by a man of your position, power, and prestige. Again. Well, I mean it this time. Of course, sir. Now, about the news. Reverend Barlow called this morning. Reverend I... Barlow? What did he want? Well, he called on behalf of a case that recently came under his notice. It seems the mother is quite a deserving Christian oh, woman. Oh, yes, yes, and the husband's out of work, and they've got eight small children. Nine, actually, sir. <sighs> There's just been an addition. They can barely afford to feed themselves. I don't give to charity. This is the problem, James. When we give to the poor, we perpetuate the poor. The real solution is to prevent the poor from perpetuating. And what follows after that? A paradise of... That's right, a paradise of productivity and progress. Take my brother. He has so many children, I can't even count them. Like rabbits. And they keep coming and coming. And do you know what he does for a living? He's a doctor, sir. And a very good one at that. He could make very good money on the other side of town, but no, he insists on helping the poor who have no means to pay. A brilliant mind for medicine. But a feeble mind for business. You took the words right out of my mouth. I have them memorized, sir. <sighs> Excuse me, that would be the mailman, I'm sure. Morning, James. Here you are. Thank you. I have a letter going out as well. Another one? <laughs> yes. Good day to you. Good day. Who are you sending letters to, James? You don't have a secret, poor, perpetuating family of your own, do you? I have a letter here for you. Oh, all I want is for people to leave me alone. I have work to do. Important work! Well, what does it say? It appears your brother has extended to you an invitation to his home for Christmas. I told that man never to invite me again. It might be good to see him, sir. Nonsense! You know what I say about family. One who has never loved has never lived. That's not my quote. It's mine, sir. I'll tell you about love. Love leads to loss and loneliness. And unless you're strong enough to overcome it, it will ruin you. Bankrupt you. Master Redfern, if you would take my advice, sir, you owe it to them. You've refused them four years in a row. Oh, it's humanity's oldest tale, James. Money those poor people are after, not me. He and his American family just want me to finance his scheme of perpetuating the poor. Hmm. Oh, I would like to test them. If I could somehow let news reach them after a couple of days that I had lost everything and wasn't worth a penny. <laughs> now that's an idea. James, get the carriage ready to take me to the train station. Sir? You heard me. If you don't get to it right away, I'll fire you again. Yes, sir.
Why, this old train station is just the same as I remember. We... Excuse me, sir. Were you talking my way? Ah, Porter, you must have heard me babbling on. Oh, in a terrible city it was, sir. Pardon? A terrible city it was. <laughs> no, not Babylon. I, I said you must have heard me babbling on. I was just thinking I was once a starved, hopeful boy off to make his fortune in London. And look at me now. I wear a grand cloak lined with fur, fit enough for a foreign nobleman. Well, we certainly don't want you having a fit, sir. Especially with no foreigners. Porter, you need not complicate yourself with my affairs. Let me put things to you plainly. I need you to find me a cab. Crab? We're not anywhere near the ocean. Not the right season, anyhow. Not crab, cab. I need you to get a cab for me. Cab, cab, I hear you now. What is wrong with people these days? Back when I was a lad, people didn't go about mumbling on and on and on. Well? Why, there ain't no cabs out tonight. No cabs? Are you deaf? There ain't no cabs out on a night like tonight. Then never mind, Porter. It appears that I must travel the moor on my own two legs, then. As long as I can reach my brother's house before nightfall. Although Robert remembered the journey from when he was a lad, he wasn't prepared for the violent snowstorm out on the moor or the storm that would rage within his heart. Oh, I can barely see in this blizzard. Where? Where is their house? And what? What is that? A church? Wait, where, where did it, where did the church go? I, oh, I don't know where I am. Hello? Hello, can anyone hear me? God, I'm not calling out to you. I will get through this myself. But if you could send someone. Hello? Is someone there? Please, Lord, show me the star again. I want to give my gift, my landing to Jesus. Oh, why, it's a little girl. Uh, is this who you sent me, Lord? Are you one of the wise men? And are you looking for Jesus, too? Looking for Jesus? Oh, no, I'm not. What are you doing out here all by yourself, child? I want to bring my lammy to Jesus, see? But <laughs> the pretty star went away. Can you take me to Jesus, Mr. Wiseman? I'm not a wise man, child. Uh, here, you shouldn't be out here all by yourself. You can walk with me if you like. Thank you, sir. And thank you, Jesus, for answering my prayer. With nothing but his feet to guide him, Robert Redfern soon picked up the weary child who quickly fell asleep in his arms and trudged onward through the blinding snowstorm and into the moor, 
He had not gotten far on the way before he slipped on a hidden patch of ice and twisted his ankle. Oh, what a sharp pain this is. I, I, I don't think I can walk any further. But I must get up. I shall be frozen to death if I lie here. Oh, if only I wasn't burdened with this child. And then... A horrible temptation took possession of him to lay the sleeping child down and leave her. Why shouldn't I? Who'd know anything about it? Besides, I'm not bound to give my life for a child I've never seen before. What could a child do but lead to my demise? For a moment, the storm ceased, and the moon shone a glimmer of light upon Toddle's face. Robert Redfern started and shivered as though he had seen a ghost. Why, she looks like my little Marjorie from so long ago. Oh, I can't leave her. I can't abandon the little one. What dark thoughts the mind entertains for a moment. Here, child, let me wrap you up a bit in my cloak. Yes, there, and that's it. They may find me dead in the morning, but perhaps I shall have saved the child. You're listening to Lamplighter Theatre. Come visit us at lamplighter.net. Lamplighter Theatre. What time is it? Uh, a little after ten. Four hours. My baby's been out in the storm for over four hours. Oh, here, Mother. Take my hand. Let's pray. Pray for Father and Jack and the boys. That, that they'll find her. Please, God. Let them find her. Do you hear that? L listen, listen. Oh, listen to the bells across the snow. The bells? Oh, but what does Come to mean? the window, look. All is over, Mother. The, the bells mean that Toddle is found. Jack said that when they found Toddle, they would, they would ring the church bells. And, oh, listen how they're ringing. Oh, and I know that's Jack helping to pull, for he doesn't know how to do it a bit. <laughs> oh, listen how ridiculous it sounds. Thank you, Lord, my baby's been found. They found her, they found her. Thomas? Oh, Rebecca, here's our little darling. Just as warm and cozy as a little bird. And still fast asleep. Sweet, sweet Toddle. Mama? Oh, Toddle. Make way. Hold on to his feet there. Quickly. Set him down here by the fireplace. Oh, Jack. Is he dead? It appears that way. We found him buried in the snow with Toddle wrapped up in his arms. I have no idea who he is. 
Rebecca, this man saved our daughter's life. He's one of the wise men, Mama. Is he? I'm going to do all I can, but I'm afraid it's not promising. Here, Jack, hand me that lamp. Look, the ice is melting from his face. I don't believe it, did it? Wait, it's Robert! What? Robert, my dear, dear brother! Where am I? Tom! You saved... You saved my daughter's life, Robert. Your daughter? Yes, the little girl you rescued is my own toddle. Toddle? Oh, keep her close, Tom. She's a treasure. Sleep was sweet to Robert Redfern that night, but as the morning broke, his old wretched suspicions began to creep back in. He convinced himself that the family's love was a facade, a mask. I haven't lived all these years without finding out something of human nature. Although his heart began to soften from the hardness of his suffering, he had yet to encounter glimpses of God's love and kindness for full surrender. So, sitting down to breakfast, he furrowed his eyebrows and rehearsed his premeditated plan. You've been listening to The Unlikely Wise Man by Fanny Eden, selected from the Lamplighter Family Collection of Rare Books. For your own copy of the book or this audio drama, visit us online at lamplighter.net or call 1-888-THE-LETTER-A-GOSPEL. That's 1-888-246-7735. Ask for a free catalog. As a nonprofit ministry, Lamplighter Theater depends on the support of listeners like you who believe in our mission. Your gifts are tax-deductible and your prayers essential as we build Christ-like character one story at a time. This audio play was written by Molly Mayo and Mark Hamby. Our sound designer was Alan Hurley. Music composed by John Campbell. Your executive producers, Mark and Deborah Hamby. And your host, John Reese davis And now, here's a look ahead at our next visit on Lamplighter Theatre. This cannot be! Great failure of the Scottish Bank. Lily, <laughs> every penny of my money was invested there. Oh, hello there, Mr. <laughs> Redfern. I say, are you all right? No, Jack, no. Remarkable. <laughs> no, positively miraculous. This is a Christmas miracle, to be sure. I'm your host, John Reese davis We've enjoyed our visit with you. Come back soon. You're always welcome here at Lamplighter Theatre. Well, hello there. It's good to have you back. You're always welcome here at Lamplighter Theatre. 
on our last visit. He has no position, no money. He is unable to give you the life that money can buy. There is more to life than money, Father. He offers me the love I never knew. What do you know of love? Listen to me, Marjorie. If you marry this man, you are no longer welcome in this home. Thomas, about your brother, I'm very concerned. There's not much more we can do at this point, my dear. Mama, Mama, where did Papa go? He's gone off on an adventure. An adventure? Why, look at the window. The sky looks so pretty tonight. Oh, look. It's the big bright star. Please, Lord, let the pretty star take me safe to Jesus. I want to give him the best Christmas present ever. The little girl shivered as she stood alone under the great dark sky above her, and she followed the wondrous star into the night. Thomas! What's wrong? I've looked everywhere for Toddle, but she's nowhere to be found. Oh, I would like to test them. If I could somehow let news reach them after a couple of days that I had lost everything and wasn't worth a penny. <laughs> now that's an idea. Oh, I can barely see in this blizzard. Where, where is their house? And what? What is that? I don't think I can walk any further. Oh, oh, but I must get up. I shall be frozen to death if I lie here. Oh, if only I wasn't burdened with this child. They may find me dead in the morning, but perhaps I shall have saved the child. Opening a London newspaper that had just arrived, he soon immersed himself in its contents. With a well-rehearsed cry of alarm, his plan began to unfold. Oh, this cannot be! Whatever's the matter, brother? Oh, look for yourself! Great failure of the Scottish bank. Nearly every penny of my money was invested there. Oh, what am I to do? Oh. To think, after accumulating a fortune like mine, to be left in poverty in my old age. Oh, my dear brother, do you think we shall ever let you leave us anymore? Oh, let me leave you? What you have suffered is oh, great, my brother. But, but we will not abandon you in your hour of need. Uh, I know it will be rather trying at first, but I'm sure the children will do their best to behave if only you'll promise not to leave us, won't you, children? Oh, of course, mother. Hurrah for Uncle, Uncle Robert. Robert! Uncle Robert, I want you to have my lammy. <gasps> I don't have much, and I was going to give this to Jesus. But I think Jesus would want me to give this to you. Here. For me? All at once, the sincerity and genuine love of the Redfern family became too much for Robert Redfern. 
Overcome with emotion, he ran from the room until he stood facing himself across the looking glass. There, you poor, hard-hearted, suspicious old curmudgeon. What do you think of yourself now? You thought it was your money bags they were after, did you? No, I can bear it no more. You despicable old fool. How wrong, how wrong I have been. Although Robert Redfern had been touched deeply, he was still unable to face the man he had become. And so he shoved his conflicting emotions and thoughts deep into the reservoir of past hurts and painful memories. Your financial gifts empower us to spread God's redemptive hope throughout the world. Come visit us at lamplighter.net. Introducing a new educational platform guided by a biblical worldview, Lamplighter Center for the Arts, Leadership and Theology. Here's Lamplighter President Dr. Mark Hanby. Attend Lamplighter Center for the Arts and receive more than a degree. Receive a biblical worldview that ignites a renaissance of creative excellence that will inspire you to know God intimately, proclaim Him passionately, and enjoy Him infinitely. Learn more at lamplighter.net or call 888-THE-LETTER-A-GOSPEL. Lamplighter Theatre. During his brief stay, Robert Redfern experienced the warmth of a home far poorer than his own, yet much, much richer. <laughs> Terrible day for an afternoon stroll. Oh, this frigid air will be the death of me. Listen to the birds, Uncle. Birds? What do they have to do with anything? They're singing. It's so pretty. I wish I could sing like the birdies. <laughs> Why, whatever for? Oh, never mind. Here we're at home. Watch your step there. It's slippery. <clears throat> Careful. Oh. I'll tell you what it is, my dear. It isn't medicine that fellow wants so much as real nourishing food. Oh, I'd like to get him some grapes, too. Some nice English hothouse ones. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's in moments like these that one feels most the want of money. The Lord has always provided, has he not? Whoa! Excuse me, Uncle Robert. Hot foot warmer coming through. I'll help you, Polly. I'll be right with you, girls. Hot foot warmer? Is everything all right? Uh, Robert, you'll never guess what just happened. What? Well, I was passing through the village when I suddenly heard a cry of alarm. A young man had fallen forward in a swoon with a delicate woman supporting him. I tried to assure the young wife all would be well, though I had reason to doubt it. And I suppose this young couple hasn't a penny to their name. I'm not sure, but here's the unusual part, Robert. They were on their way to see me. To see you? That is unusual. (laughs) I know. It seems the young man's health has been failing for some time now, and they'd received a letter of recommendation to see me. So, of course, I brought them home with me at once. You did what? Brought them home. Why, you should have seen the look on their faces. 
Oh, you've managed things just as you usually manage things, Tom Redfern. I can't imagine how you feed your family making decisions like this. But my dear brother, what would you have had me do? Do? Why cultivate patients who will pay you? And don't burden yourself with those who won't. You keep squandering your money on perpetuating the poor. The poor do a good enough job of perpetuating themselves, if you ask me. Why, whatever happens to them should be of little concern to you. You can't be serious. Robert, if they truly haven't a penny in the world, so much more the reason we should help them. You just never learn, do you? Fine. Go spend what little money you have on your poor guests. I have work to attend to. Oh, what is to be done with such a man? But even as the bitter words left him, such a sudden tide of feeling came about his heart that tears rushed to his eyes. All at once he saw the depths of his own sin. What good does all my money do me when I have no peace in my heart? In all the world, is there one person who is a bit happier for my existence? Oh, that I had never come here. No more that sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. The joyous words sung in such sweet, pure notes sunk deep into the heart of poor Robert Redfern. Stirred to action, he cried out, Lord, Lord, could you ever forgive me? In my moment of despair, I abandoned you. I abandoned my daughter. My bitterness blinded me to the gifts you had given me. Instead, I demanded you to heal my wife. I was too proud to ask. But now I'm asking, Lord, please find my daughter and watch over her with your fatherly protection and love. Oh, hello there, Mr. <laughs> Redfern. I say, are you all right? Mm, just a little something in my eye, Jack. Oh, uh, won't you join us in the caroling then? Daisy's just started playing and we're... Uh, no. Jack, no, I, I must leave for London at once. I have important business to transact. Will you tell them all goodbye for me? Uh, won't you tell them yourself, sir? No, it's better this way. Thank you. You're listening to Lamplighter Theatre. Come visit us at lamplighter.net. Once upon a time, there lived a man who hated Christmas. And that man was me. So this is your Christmas gift to me, Lord? One who has never loved has never lived. My name is Robert Theodore Redfern. This story is much more than just my own. I've looked everywhere for Tom. Oh, Jack, is he dead? 
Lamplighter Theater presents The Unlikely Wise Man. Visit lamplighter.net, lamplighter.net. And now, back to Lamplighter Theater. A few days later, on the morning of Christmas Day, Robert Redfern and James walked up to the Redfern home. Laden with Christmas surprises, Robert smiled with delight at the beauty of the sunshine on the shimmering Yorkshire snow. Pointing out his brother's quaint grey home to James, little did he know a state of suppressed sadness was felt within. Why such gloomy faces on Christmas Day? I wish Uncle Robert were here. Me too. I know. It was all rather sudden. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. <laughs> Who could that be? Look at the window. Uncle Robert! Here we are. Look sharp, James, and I'll show you what a rowdy bunch my family is. Hello? Why, Robert! What a pleasant surprise! Robert and James, my dear sister. James, this is my brother's wife, Rebecca. Rebecca, James, James. Madam, I am delighted. Uncle Robert, you came back. We missed you. Oh, dear children, how I've missed you. But first, where shall we put our special delivery? Delivery? <laughs> I know. James, please take the package into the living room. Of course, sir. And the living room is? This way. I'm coming too. Do you see what your Uncle Robert has for you this year? Robert, is that you? Why, it is you. <laughs> Merry Christmas, old boy. Oh, oh. Thomas. Oh, Thomas. So much wasted time. So much to make up for. But first, I must sincerely beg for your forgiveness. My forgiveness? Are you feeling well? Better than I have felt in a long, long time. Oh, Tom, you have shown me so much. Would you believe it? I even doubted you. Yes, I made you believe that I had lost all my money. Why, then you don't... Oh, what coals of fire you heaped upon my head. You offered me a home. Me, who had done nothing to deserve it. So, you are not bankrupt? No, Tom. It was my facade. My mask, if you will. I had convinced myself that there was no such thing as unconditional love. But your selfless love pierced me to the very heart. If only I had treated my daughter differently. Oh, dear brother. I drove her away. All those years I blamed God when I was the one to blame. Robert. Yes? The young couple the Lord brought to us that night. Well, there's no way of explaining this, but... Uh, Aunt Rebecca, my husband says he's feeling well enough to eat a little... <gasps> Father! Oh. Marjorie! Marjorie! Is it really you? Oh, Father! I'm so sorry! Marjorie, I... it is I who need your forgiveness. But, but 
I married no, against you. No, you married the right man. I pushed you away. Well, I should have shown you love. I abandoned you when you needed me most. I was too proud to listen, too blind to see. Oh, Father, how I've missed you. (laughs) Words were no longer spoken as the deep pain of the past finally surrendered to the light. Safe in the arms of her loving father, Marjorie found sweet rest. Oh, but what brought you here? My husband and I were traveling through and a letter reached us recommending Uncle Thomas as a physician. A letter? From whom? Look, Father, puzzles, games for the boys, books for me, toys for Toddle and albums. Why, I've never seen anything like it. Cousin Marjorie, come see these grapes. They have such pretty colors. Grapes, my dear. English hothouse grapes, Thomas. Only the best for my brother's patience. Remarkable. (laughs) Absolutely remarkable. No. No. Positively miraculous. Bless me. If it isn't Miss Marjorie. Oh, James. How good it is to see you again. This is a Christmas miracle, to be sure. How is... Friedrich? He is doing much better under Uncle's care. It is providential that we came here when we did. Would you like to see him? Yes, of course. But first, I have just one important thing to attend to. Dr. Redfern, there's a letter here for you. For me? Yes, Tom. Please accept it, for I know that it will increase tenfold in the hands of such a steward. It is the least I can do. I don't know what to say. You need not say anything. God only knows how your invitation changed the course of my life. (laughs) Invitation? Why, yes. The letter inviting me to Christmas. Despite the fact that I had resisted for so long, you never gave up on me. Oh, Thomas, you sent uh, no. an invitation. Robert, I, I am ashamed to say, but we did not send you a letter this year. Of course you did. Tell them, James, the letter you read aloud from my own brother. You did receive an invitation for Christmas, sir. See, Thomas, you must be mistaken. I assure you I am not. James! James, the... I did not say from whom the letter came, sir. And now that I think of it, the letter Friedrich and I received was anonymous. Who would have known our plight? James! Uh, I can explain. Actually, I cannot explain. It was you, Mr. James. 
You brought everyone together. Actually, it was God. I was simply his messenger. But why, James? It was for Friedrich's sake. When I heard that he was ill, I knew something had to be done, and done quickly. And who is Friedrich? Oh, he's my husband. He's my patient. He's my son. Uh, well, this explains... You're what? I mean, I mean, you're who? <laughs> my son, sir. My son was the poor tutor who fell in love with your daughter. Oh! I, I tried to convince him that he was marrying about his status, but it was too late. When they left, I felt an ache that only deepened with time. It wasn't until a few months ago that I learned their whereabouts, and that is when the letters began. Lo and behold, I don't think even Dickens could have written the ending to this story. <laughs> <laughs> Does this mean I'm fired, sir? Of course you're fired. Father! No, Marjorie, it must be done. For as long as I've known this man, he has served me with more integrity than all the aristocrats of London. James, from this day forth, you are no longer my servant, but my business partner. Oh. <laughs> Bravo! Oh. Sir? You heard me, James. And I would be honored to have your son join us as well. My son? Yes, my daughter's husband, my brother's patient, your son, and so on and so forth. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you so very much. Do you have one more letter for us, Mr. James? Yes, Miss Toddle. And thank you for reminding me. <laughs> now, let me see. I believe it is. Where did I place? Aha! Here it is. I can't wait to hear what you wrote. Actually, Miss Toddle, this letter was written by the Apostle Paul. To those who have plenty in this world, he warns them not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. And so that's the story of the man who came to love Christmas. And to think how far we've come, James. Eight grandchildren. Nine, actually, sir. Ah. And I hear there's one on the way. Ah, yes, yes, they just keep coming like rabbits. <laughs> yes, the children do have good habits, sir. Oh. But let us not babble on. And yes, and a wicked city it was. Uh, no, sir. Babel. Babel, not Babylon. Oh, I can hear you. Do you think I'm deaf? Of course not, sir. I think you're as sharp as a tack. What about Jack? Uh, nothing, sir. Uh, what were you saying about the grandchildren? Oh, the children. I was just thinking that the Lord has used so many things to touch my heart. Toddle's little lammy, my brother's selfless love, being reunited with Marjorie and gaining a son. Why, so much love fills my heart. Indeed, sir. But I might just add one last thing. And what might that be? God's answer to your prayer in the snowstorm. 
For it was in your greatest hour of need that he brought a child to help you find your way. Ah, yes. Isn't that just like God to bring a child into our lives to help us find Yahweh? Listen. Hmm. Do you hear the carolers? Hmm. Look closely, sir. Why, it is Thomas and his family. Oh, and there's Toddle, grown woman now. Ah, and Jack, and Daisy. And who is that old man waving to me? That would be Reverend Barlow, sir. Oh, that reminds me. James, could you see that he receives this letter? He has saved me a trip to the post office. A letter, sir? Yes, a letter. Do you think you are the only one who can give letters at Christmas? I would be glad to, sir. Oh, and mm, this check with it, please. 50,000 pounds, sir? Well, I can't take it with me. Might as well be put to good use for the children at the Redfern Orphanage. And besides, isn't that what the good book says? Be generous and ready to share. Amen, sir. Amen. You've been listening to The Unlikely Wise Man by Fanny Eden, selected from the Lamplighter family collection of rare books. I'm Sarah Prenovo, and I played the role of Rebecca Redfern. For your own copy of the book or this audio drama, visit us online at lamplighter.net or call 1-888-THE-LETTER-A-GOSPEL. That's 1-888-246-7735. Ask for a free catalog. As a nonprofit ministry, Lamplighter Theatre depends on the support of listeners like you who believe in our mission. Your gifts are tax-deductible and your prayers essential as we build Christ-like character one story at a time. This audio play was written by Molly Mayo and Mark Hamby. Our sound designer was Alan Hurley. Music composed by John Campbell. Robert Redfern was played by Rich Swingle. David Sanborn played the roles of Thomas Redfern, the narrator, and the porter. Toddle was played by Angelina Santa Lucia. Polly was played by Gracie Mayo. Rachel Marley Corral played the roles of Daisy and Marjorie. Jack was played by Oscar Corral. And Brian Kirk played James. Recorded at Lamplighter Studios in Mount Morris, New York. Our director and producer was Mark Hamby. Production assistants were Molly Mayo and Rochelle Harlan. Your executive producers, Mark and Deborah Hamby. And your host, John Reese Davis. We've enjoyed our visit with you. Come back soon. You're always welcome here at Lamplighter Theatre.